The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 115. Today is Sunday, November the 11th, Veterans Day. So, of course, we want to start off here on MMA on the Rocks by saying thank you to all the brave men and women out there who have done their part to serve our country and make sure that we stay free to do all the things that we love to do. So thank you to each and every one of you. Thank you to all the active military as well and the reserves. And in honor of Veterans Day, I would like to shout out an awesome organization that I've come in contact with called Fort Valor. I went there yesterday to their grand opening. They're located in Tarpon Springs, Florida. And what they do, amongst many other things, is they offer free Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes to all veterans, which is such an awesome thing. And I don't speak to this by experience, but I have a lot of close personal friends that are former military. And the biggest problem they face when they come out of the military is going through dark times because they miss the camaraderie that comes along with being part of something so huge, like a military organization. And, you know, sometimes they find things like the American Legion or the VFW to be a part of, but it just doesn't quite do it. Um, now those of you out there who have trained jujitsu in the past, you know, uh, how awesome it can be and what a brotherhood can form and what a family vibe forms in a jujitsu gym. Um, that's where, you know, I met my co-host Jeff, the animal Wilson. We'll introduce him just a little bit. Um, and it, it's so awesome that there are organizations like this who are doing things proactively for these veterans uh, who have sacrificed so much. So a huge shout out to Fort Valor. I got, I got the opportunity to go to the grand opening yesterday. Um, they did a jujitsu ju seminar with third degree black belt, Tony Pachensky, uh, who's just world cal world caliber uh, grappler. Uh, he really put on an awesome seminar for these folks and they had a really great turnout. So we're wishing them all the luck going forward. They also do other things like helping veterans get job placement and counseling services and fitness classes and stuff like that. But of course, this is an MMA podcast. I want to focus on the free jujitsu. So if you know anybody in the central Florida area who is former military or somebody who visits the area frequently, please let them know. Please spread the word about Fort Valor. We want to see more organizations like this popping up across the country. So again, happy Veterans Day, and thank you to all the military out there. All right, let's jump into some MMA here. And before we do that, I actually have two co-hosts today, which is very unorthodox, maybe a first in the history of podcasting. I don't know. I haven't researched it. But uh, before I introduce my trusty co-host, let me introduce our special guest, host of the Loaded Joe's MMA podcast, longtime friend of the show. Haven't had him on in about... Uh, over a year since, since Mayweather McGregor <laughs> or Mayweather McGregor, Blake money, Blake weather all the way from Austin, Texas. How you doing? My friend. I'm doing well, man. Uh, thank you for having me on. Um, I'm, I'm happy to, to be back on. And yeah, it was since uh, the, the Mayweather McGregor fight. Um, and you know, since then, your show's been blown up. Um, you know, I've, I've been here and there and everywhere. And uh, yeah, man, I'm just happy to be on to talk MMA and beers and then probably tell you about how Tinder's been going in my life. So this is going to I think this is going to be a great episode. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to asking you about that. We'll get the MMA stuff out of the way first and we'll tease the Tinder stuff a little bit later. Now, let me introduce, of course, who you all know, my trusty uh, co-host all the way from New Jersey, Jeff the animal wilson jeff how you feeling on this sunday early late morning well it's morning for blake afternoon for us how you feeling my friend bill i am awesome the red bulls have a playoff game today so i'm super excited i'll be there live fuck ohio and bill i just want to give a shout out to the veterans i love what fort valor is doing and bill you know jujitsu for me is super special i've made a lot of friends through jujitsu 
but few are as close as we are, Bill, at least uh, with my friends that I've made in jujitsu. And I always tell people that you and I, we got to bond through combat, man. Um, there's nothing like sharing the mat with somebody. You're telling your story through combat. Um, and I know people see it as cage fighting or cock fighting, but dude, the martial arts, there's nothing like it to be able to tell your story and what you've been through, um, and using your, your body as language and using the mat as your canvas. There's nothing like it, man. So let's jump into the MMA talk. Yeah, for sure. Fuck Meryl Street. Martial arts are the art. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Blake, I know you have had a special relationship with martial arts as well. Uh, yeah. Not so much with the grappling for you. I know you're really into the Dutch-style kickboxing, um, and, and that has helped you get through some some rocky waters. Um, and, to say the least, yeah. So you can understand, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that bond that comes with being a martial artist and, and how it can really change your life and, and flip things on its head. So let's start off by talking about some striking and I'll, I'll start with you, Blake. Uh, let's talk about the main event from last night. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so UFC fight night, one thirty nine from Denver, Colorado, where it all started. 25 years ago for the UFC. Uh, it's hard to believe and easy to believe at the same time. It's been that long. This sport has come such a long way. And what a fucking firecracker of a main event uh, to to put an emphasis on a really awesome card. So uh, give me your take on this main event that came together just a couple of weeks ago in Yair Rodriguez and the Korean zombie Chansung Jung. Blake. I mean, I was so happy that they announced Yair first off coming back. Um, I'm Mexican, so of course, like, I'm just, you know, I don't know, like, cussing in Spanish every time he was getting hit and shit, and, uh, but I, I mean, I was, I wanted him to win, I had friends here that wanted, everybody else was basically going for Korean Zombie, so I like, ah, man, it was, it was very emotional for me, and then, just emotional for me on one side, and then watching the fight in and of itself, like, this was like, it wasn't a sloppy like slugfest that like we see sometimes like I don't I don't I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of a perfect example like I can just mainly think of like a lot of like heavyweight fights that come to mind and there's even you know even lower weight class ones I'm not thinking of uh, even sometimes like Diego Sanchez fights and shit like that the ones he's really well known for right Gilbert Melendez and shit like that where it's just wild slugfest this was not that like this was like I'm gonna I'm gonna crisp strike you you're gonna crisp strike me. We'll probably hurt each other. You're going to come forward. I'm going to come forward. Uh, I'm going to, you know, if I'm Yair, I'm going to circle out, be creative, and 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 how I'm going to come forward on my next entry. Like, it was so, it was just a lot of crisp, creative, just fighting, striking. Like, there was no takedowns, really. Like, you know, like, uh, <laughs> it was yeah. it was awesome. It was just, a, I, I think it was the fight we all expected to happen. And then when it ended the way it did, Oh my God! Like, oh uh, yeah, I, I like flipped out and like jumped and like I, I flicked off all the people in my house who were going for fucking Korean Zombie. I didn't give a fuck in that moment. Like, I was just so excited and like, when the fuck have we seen an elbow like that? Like, that's some Anderson Silva shit. Like from back in the day, you know what I mean? Like, when he was what Cage Rage or Cage Words or whatever. Like, that was some crazy kind shit right there and yeah it was, it, it, it was almost like an accident like it, it, it almost <laughs> looked like one of those things like oh yeah i totally meant to do that right like, right like, <laughs> i just knocked him out with my fucking tricep what, <laughs> what happened here uh, but yeah i think it was a really interesting matchup when it was first announced because you had that stiff uh korean straightforward style of Chansung Jung versus the very fluid creative striking of Yair Rodriguez so it was going to be interesting to see how that would kind of play out. And to me, I thought Yair looked a little drained in early in the fight. He looked a little flat. Uh, he was fighting flat footed. Um, he wasn't throwing a lot of kicks. Um, I don't know if he was just, if it was nerves cause he hadn't been in there in such a long time or, or what was going on, but he didn't really seem like himself. And then he really came to life as the fight went on and this became an instant classic. So uh, let me get your take on this one, Jeff. Dude, I was super impressed with Yair, and I agree. I think that in the first couple rounds, he kind of needed to get his feet wet. I think it was this elevation, dude. Um, 
you know, Colorado, a really mountainous region. I think they were like 5,000 feet above sea level, which we know um, a lot of fighters struggle with, dude. And I was super impressed with Rodriguez. I felt like Korean Zombie was winning this fight. The first round, I, did, I couldn't tell you who won the first round, but rounds three, four, and five, up until the last second of round five, I kind of had for Korean Zombie. But then Yair Rodriguez hits what I can only describe as a 6 to 12 elbow as opposed to 12 to 6. It looked like he was going to sprawl or like shoot for a takedown and then he said, "You know what? Forget that." Boom. And dude, I thought he killed Korean Zombie. You know, they always say you got to um you got to remove the head or kill the brain or whatever. Well, that's exactly what Rodriguez did to the Korean Zombie because he stopped moving entirely. Um, super impressed. I, I was loving how technical it was, like you said, Blake. Super technical from the beginning. I thought it was kind of going to be a slugfest um, with Rodriguez trying to use his uh, flashy style. But it was super technical. The punches were tight. They were right down the pipe for both of these guys. And, dude... I want them to do it again. I can't wait to see the part two to this. Uh, that would be awesome. Uh, personally, I want to see the uh, Zabit Magomed Sharipov Yair Rodriguez fight that we were promised uh, several times, and that turned out to be fake news. It wasn't fake. That got Yair cut and then reinstated, and there was that whole drama. Uh, real quick, Blake, what do you want to see next for both of these guys? And then I'll defer to Jeff on the same question. <clears throat> no, I want to see Zabit. I want to see Zabit Yair. I need that in my life. Like. I wanted that back in whenever it was, and then in September. I want that all my life. I want to beat, to beat, to beat. Uh, he got to beat, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> dad, dad joke right there, right? But you're a dad, you'll appreciate that. Um, uh, I don't know what's next for a Korean zombie. Like, I'm not saying like he falls off the flat, face of the earth. Maybe we, maybe we do need to see him and Frankie Edgar though. Like, I, I, I just don't want to see that, you know? Um, I don't think it. In this in this particular instance, I don't think much change. Like again, we walk away with a great fight, but I don't think much changes from what we wanted in the first place to happen, which is again Korean boy, uh, Korean zombie, Korean Wonder Boy. Dang, I'm mixing up my Asians here today. Uh, Korean zombie and, and, and Frankie Edgar and yeah, you're into beat. Like let's let's do that. Like I, I want to see. I don't know, that's a long way of saying I want to see that. For sure, Jeff. You want to stick with your rematch answer, or are you changing it up? Actually, yeah, now that Blake mentioned that, I definitely want to see Pantera versus um, Zabit. I think that needs to happen. Um, and as for Korean Zombie, I don't know if I want to see him fight Frankie Edgar so soon um, after getting knocked out like that. I think I'd want to see him take on a Dennis Bermudez and just kind of get his feet back into the UFC. He's been gone for over a year. Again, so though? Like, knock him out again? Oh, yeah, I forgot they already fought each other. Um, all right. I would like that last statement redacted from the record. <laughs> hey, well, we're live, so I can't do that. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I I would think maybe a, a Cub Swanson fight would make sense for uh, Chan Sung Jung. Um, you know, these two guys never really crossed paths back in WEC, and we know Cub Swanson can throw down with some Koreans. So um, that that I mean, his fight with Duho Choi was fucking phenomenal. It was, right. it was one of the fights of the last 10 years or so so all right moving on we got a lot to cover here uh donald cowboy cerrone and mike perry put on a show last night it was not the show that we probably expected since mike perry for some reason went for a takedown uh it, it wasn't a terrible takedown he did end up in side control but uh, I mean, he's grappled with Cowboy Cerrone before, so he had to know how this was going to end. And Cowboy's a legit black belt, you know, especially when you put him on his back. He's one of the most dangerous guys uh, in history. Uh, so he hits a beautiful side control sweep on Perry and then transitions from submission to submission to the back, to the triangle, to the armbar, goes belly down and just cranks the fuck out of Mike Perry's arm and gets the tap breaking the record for most wins in UFC history, breaking the record for most finishes in UFC history. And he's in some awesome company uh, in surpassing those records, brings his son into the cage, brings his grandma into the cage who has been so influential and, and uh, you know, took care of him when he was coming up in the fight game, supported him every step of the way. Got to be one of the most emotional moments in the history of the sport. Uh, just to put a, 
punctuation mark on a spectacular performance. Um, I'll start with you this time, Jeff. What were your thoughts on the Cowboys' performances in his home state of Colorado? Super proud of Cowboy, man. Um, I was rooting for him. Uh, you know, all the drama with his gym and everything. You know, I, I got to go with Cowboy, man. He's been, he was there first. He's been there longer. I thought it was a little disrespectful uh, of his gym to side with Mike Perry. But um, all that drama aside, dude, Mike Perry, I think he looked really good in there. Um, I thought he was being patient. I thought he was being technical. I was super impressed with the takedown. But Donald Cerrone, you know, his we've talked about his grappling so much on the show. It's so underrated, and you can't ignore it. Um, you know, he, he even got slammed when he went for that armbar. And... You know, that didn't even stop him. He just cranked the arm bar even harder, and Perry had to tap. So Cowboy, you know, he, you know, even um, as they were announcing the fighter's name, Cerrone looked like he was just in there to take care of business, dude. You could see it all over his face. He was focused. He was angry. I loved it. Yeah. So as much as we talk about how there's so much camaraderie and, and bonding and brotherhood in martial arts gyms, there's also usually a lot of drama. That's just part of it. Um, I don't pay too much attention to that kind of stuff uh, just because uh, who cares, really? At the end of the day, it comes down to the punches and kicks and the grappling and everything like that. What were your thoughts on this one, Blake? Yeah, I was going for Mike Perry because like, I'm super biased anytime somebody comes on my show. So Mike Perry's been <laughs> on my show and... I was just super biased to him, and and um, I I knew like a lot of the shit that went on in the background, like with Cerrone and like Mike Perry, and how Perry was brought in, and how Cerrone's not been like I, I'd been down, like I'd heard it when I went down to Jackson Jackson Winks a few years ago, like so I I mean I, I kind of took you know Wink Wink and and, and Jackson's stance and and Mike Perry's stance uh, uh, on this particular issue, but. Again, if you don't know all the back stuff, you're gonna, you know, take whoever your fan favorite is. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know what? I, I, I was going for Mike Perry just because, like, I was like, man, last time out, Cerrone in, in Colorado, it didn't look great. George Masvidal beat the shit out of him. I want to see that again, and I didn't want to get my. I think I didn't want to get my hopes up, and but I did kind of in the, the bottom of my heart, like when he got that armbar, I'm like. Oh my God, that's classic cowboy, right? Like, <laughs> oh my God, like, can you sign my shirt, please? Like, I've turned into an instant fanboy again, right? Uh, but it's classic Cerrone, dude. Like, don't fucking get him on his back. Don't take him down. Like, I get Mike Perry's learning new shit at, at, at Jackson Week, but hey, bro, just stick to your roots. Stick with got you to dance, bro. Like, don't do that, like, for sure. So it, he, I, I think he put everybody on notice again, like, hey, I'm still sharp. Hey, I still have motivation. Hey, I'm, I'm still in this to win it. And when he called out Khabib at the end, I like, I was like cheering, like, ah, like screaming, like the neighbors downstairs. I'm glad they weren't home, but like they, they might have like, you know, bumped, bumped up the ceiling with like their broom or whatever. But like, I, I want to, I want to see that. I don't care. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I want to see that fight. I've been promised that fight eight or nine times now. I need to see that fight. So, but I don't care. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really care. I'm glad to run it. Looks in, in great form to be quite honest. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'm a fan of both of these guys. They're always fun to watch. And, uh, you know, Mike Perry's fought my teammate, Dave Mundell, twice. Um, but still, I like to see the guy put on a show. He's exciting. Right. He's great at building fights. You know, I like to see fun fights. Uh, I don't I don't really ever root for one guy or the other. And these are two guys that, you know, are, are always fun to watch. So I don't think Mike Perry loses any stock here. I think they're, they just got to give him like some guy out of the top 15, who's just going to stand and bang with him and brawl with him, And, and uh, you know, he'll be right back up there building his highlight reel. So yeah, like you mentioned, Cowboy Cerrone calls out Khabib. There's a lot of heat between these two. They used to go at it back and forth uh, back in the day when, when uh, Khabib only fought once uh, every blue moon <laughs> whatever they call a blue moon in russia um <laughs> uh and you know it just never came together so yeah that would be an awesome fight if he's gonna go back down to 55 though i think he's got to work his way up personally i'd like to see a cowboy justin gaethje fight i think that's a lot of fun uh that that would be a similar matchup to uh, Cowboy and Perry. Uh, more importantly, I think this is more of a reason to establish a 165-pound division because Cowboy is a perfect example of one of these guys who, you know, he got to the very top at 155, and you know, maybe it was a little too much. 
Maybe he was draining himself a little too much. He goes up to 170, and then the big dogs up there are a little bit too much. Uh, there needs to be something in between. There, there's too much space in between these weight classes. So maybe start the 165, and then obviously Khabib is going to move up because he loves his tiramisu. And then maybe we could get this fight uh, sometime down the line. Jeff, what would you like to see next for Cowboy or Perry or both? Hmm, for Mike Perry, I'd actually like to see him. I was going to say Edson Barbosa, but he is a featherweight. I mean, a lightweight. Um, for Mike Perry, I don't know. I think that you need to do a little bit of a step down in competition. You know, he's been fighting a lot of really tough guys. And I kind of want to see Mike Perry be able to use his style a little bit more and just brawl with somebody, honestly. And for Cerrone, I, honestly, I'd like to see him take on Habib. Um you know, I've I've been uh, teased with that fight before, so it needs to happen, Bill. Forget Tony Ferguson. We know that's not going to happen. We've tried four times. <laughs> Forget Tony Ferguson and Dustin Poirier and the 400 other people that are ranked number one <laughs> at lightweight. Uh, that division has become such a mess. And, of course, Conor McGregor can cut all of them in line at any time he wants i'm sure all right let's uh move on down this card uh i don't want to spend too much time on this one but i'll defer to you on it blake the uh, dust style kickboxer jermaine durandame against raquel pennington uh rocky just looked overwhelmed in this fight and couldn't get it to the ground and couldn't do anything on the feet so durandame coming away uh with a landslide unanimous decision what are your thoughts on this one blake Man, I, I hated Jermaine Durandamy going into this fight, right? Because, like, she's the worst champion of all time. And she's still going to have that title in my mind and probably a lot of fans' mind. But, hey, she showed the skills. And, like, I was I remember watching the fight, and I'm like, okay, why the fuck can't you just do this at 45? Like, just stay there. You obviously have skills. You're 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 not – especially with, with this type of style, right? Somebody just not a great striker but known for, like, just kind of pressure – against the cage, takedowns, attempts, like stand on top, just um, all that good stuff. But like, bro, like fucking make weight. Like, dude, she needs to, I don't know, man. Like she's got skills. Just make fucking 135 or go up to 145 and stop being scared. Like yeah. make, make it, like that still lingers in my head. I, I thought she put on a hell of a performance, but that, it, it tampers with all of that when I start thinking about all that. So I don't want to talk about that too much. I'm going to start cussing out Jermaine Duran to me. <laughs> Oh, we don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, it's hard to it's hard to make a case for her because how do you put her in a title picture at 135 when the current champion Amanda Nunez is moving up in weight to do what she was seemingly afraid to do in fight Chris Cyborg? Um, so yeah, a great performance by Jermaine Duranamy, but uh, what a fucking riddle for the UFC to solve. I don't know what you do with her next. You just beat a top contender, but you can't put her in this title picture at 135 because um, you know, she throws titles away and the UFC doesn't appreciate that. Any thoughts on this, Jeff? Yeah, dude. Um, you know, good for Duran to me. It looks like I didn't, unfortunately I couldn't watch the fight. Uh, I was out with some friends, but dude, you know, if you're that dominant, you know, stop being scared. Everybody wins, everybody loses. And there's, I think she stands well at the time she would have stood to make a lot of money fighting cyborg. So just take the fight win or lose. She wouldn't have, she would have. I think kept more respect than doing what she did. But aside from that, Bill, I'm upset that she didn't make weight. I mean, she's been doing this for a while. She knows what she's got to do. There's no reason for her to not, not be making weight. If she has that much of a problem making weight, stick to 145. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of hard to defend. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Benil Darius, uh, getting unanimous decision over Tiago Moises, uh, Raise your hand if you have a comment on this one. All right, neither of them are raising their hands, so we're going to move on. <laughs> let's, let's look to the future. Macy Barber uh, getting the uh, oh my god, getting the knockout over Hannah Cyphers. He stepped up at the last minute. Uh, you know, credit to Hannah Cyphers, but uh, Macy Barber seems to be a rising star that not a lot of people are going to be able to get in the way of, and. Uh, Blake, I know you were clapping there, but I, I'm going to start with Jeff on this one. And, uh, so I, I got to ask you to hold your tongue for just a minute. Jeff, give me your thoughts on the future. Macy Barber, Bill Macy Barber, Bruce beefcake. Um, I don't know if you ever watched pro wrestling bill, but I always think of Brutus, the barber beefcake. When I hear her name, dude, um, dude, she was fucking dominant. I mean, 
I didn't see her have too many problems with Hannah Cyphers. I know it was last minute, but dude, I think she's gonna breathe some new life into the strawweight division. Yeah, the future looks bright. What were your thoughts on this one, Blake? Yeah, no, she got stumbled, but like in the first round, but like, oh my god, like when she was like just you could tell the whole fight, like she just was just better. Like just better everywhere the fight went. She controlled when the clinch happened. She controlled when she was in and out. She controlled if she wanted to throw, uh, you know, hard, uh, crisp strikes, or she determined if she wanted to throw like feelers out there and then follow up. Like it, everything about it was fucking beautiful. And I put her all over my Snapchat. I was recording the TV like right after like she was about to win, and then like I, I was just like like and people like have reached out to me and like Snapchat like who the fuck is this girl? And I'm like, bro, like that's the fucking truth right there to the fuck that is so like yeah i'm excited about it i love women's mma i love like the whole evicted thing i love and when you see a bad bitch like this like with the power and everything like that division don't have this so let's see what she does i don't want to invest and put all my eggs in, you know in the investment stocks you know what i mean uh because cynthia Cavill let me down um she let me down she let my mexican people down but I'm hoping, I'm hoping this is the girl, like this is the girl I can, you know, start to uh, have high hopes for. Yeah, for sure. I've been high on Macy Barber for a while now. Um, definitely go back and, and check out some of her old fights if you don't know who she is. Very exciting. You can tell she just has fun in there. Um, and she calls out, interesting call out, uh, <clears throat> and the name uh, is escaping me right now. Um uh, Mackenzie Dern. She calls Mackenzie out Mackenzie Dern's, yeah. Uh, that fight is not going to happen. There's not a chance because these are two <laughs> uh, golden geese for the UFC. They're not going to put these two together until they both have a couple of wins together. But it would be an interesting fight, in my opinion. I know Macy has some really solid wrestling. She started uh, training with Izzy Martinez, uh, who is you know one of the top wrestling coaches out there. Uh, so she would be able to prevent the fight from getting to the ground. We know Mackenzie Dern is very uncomfortable on the feet. Uh, well, maybe she doesn't feel uncomfortable, but it's uncomfortable to watch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, there's no way, uh, you know, maybe they can have like a, a little feud on Instagram and stuff, but, uh, I don't see that fight happening anytime soon. Um, but, uh, excited to see Macy Barber get back in there. She's, she's, uh, made it well known. She has goals to be the youngest UFC champion of all time. And she has a countdown, uh, to make it there. So I think she has a year and change. Uh, to make it and you know at this rate uh, i can't deny that's a possibility all right let's move on uh this was i i thought maybe the fight of the night uh and it was so much better than the really awkward tough 27 finale between mike Trenazzo, uh trezano and joe Eddie. so trezano and luis pena finally get a chance to scrap so Luis Pena was on the same season as Mike Trezano, but he got injured and he wasn't uh, able to make it to the end. A lot of people thought he was a favorite on that season. So Trezano and Joe Giannetti go at it. And one of the most awkward fights in the history of awkwardness and fighting. Uh, and a lot of people thought it would be the nail in the coffin for the ultimate fighter. You know, a lot of people were calling for the end of the show uh, during that season. And then, you know, during that fight. But I, I think this is redemption for, uh, you know, the guys who go through the ultimate fighter system and just an awesome fight. Uh, so I will start with Blake on this one. Give me your thoughts on Trezano versus Pena. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I would say it would be fight of the night and then Yair and zombie happen. And then you're like, okay, okay. Well, <laughs> all right. We have five rounds. We have five rounds of madness. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we I I liked everything about this fight. Like I liked how Luis Pena had a game plan going in. Uh, I like how I liked his striking style. It's, it's a bit flashy, right? His one-two. He mm -hmm. does a bit kind of uh, matador style where he kind of whips his hand and then kind of holds it there. Um, I love that flashy uh, boxing style. However, like um, what's that dude, Mike Trezano? That that kid like also had his own little game plan and like. Every time that you thought Luis Pena had, or I thought in my head at least watching, he had an advantage or he was building some momentum, Trezano hits him with that fucking leg kick or like he uh, reverses position when they're like, they're grappling or he's stopping a takedown. Like 
every time like it, Louis Pena's momentum could never get fully all the way moving and the way that I think like uh, I had a lot of people like you know that are really high on him obviously because the Bob Ross thing violent Bob Ross like it's kind of catchy it's, a, yeah. it's a, you know it's, it's a thing yeah but yeah I, I, Trezano just was the perfect answer to everything that Luis Pena was trying to do it was a great fight like no, neither person had the wrong mindset going in or the wrong game plan just mm-hmm. one was better like one was the answer for the other in that case and, and that's that's what I saw in that fight yeah, for sure. And those leg kicks definitely took its toll. In that third round, Pena was just going for takedowns that weren't there. I don't know if he couldn't gauge the distance or if his leg just wasn't moving, but he was shooting for takedowns from like the 30-yard line. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, Jeff, give me your thoughts on this one. I know you uh, caught this one this morning. Yeah, dude, super impressed with both of these guys. Uh, bright future for these guys. Um, and dude, Blake, I love what you said about, um, their game plans. I think that both of them, you know, they were in there doing the right things, but I think Mike Trezano, I think he was just more prepared for Luis Pena than Pena was for him, man. Um, I felt like Trezano was able to answer everything Pena was throwing at him and respond in kind. I thought that, uh, Trezano, especially on the ground was looking really, really solid, um, you know, he was getting caught in submissions and then next thing you know, he's on top. Um, dude, I'm excited for both of these guys to see, uh, how their MMA careers end up, um, smoothing out later on, but this was a really, really fun fight to watch. Uh, both of these guys were awesome and, um, I'd like to see them get it on again in a couple of years, uh, once both of them have, uh, fleshed out their MMA careers a little bit more. I'd watch it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, of course, they're on the same team on the Ultimate Fighter, I believe. And Pena said that he used to get the better of the grappling exchanges. But you never know what's going to happen when the lights shine the brightest. Uh, you know, a lot of guys who underperform in the gym overperform, uh, you know, on the big stage. Uh, moving on, the only thing I want to say about Ashley Yoder and Amanda Bobby Cooper is I don't understand the judging at all. Um, I, I had it, I had given rounds one and two to uh, ABC and round three to Yoder, but, uh, split decision here. I didn't really care either way, but the one judge who gave it 30, 27 to Amanda Bobby Cooper, I, I know it's legal in Denver, but like, why are you high while you're judging? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> any, uh, <laughs> any reaction to this fight from either of you, or we can move on. We can move on. Like, I mean, it, okay. Hot girl got beat. Let's move on. Like, <laughs> yeah. Shit yeah. happens. Yeah, shit does happen. All right, so uh, here's the fight that was probably the biggest controversy of the night. So Bobby Moffitt uh, came off of Dana White's Tuesday night contender series. Uh, You know, strong Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt against Chaz Skelly, grizzled veteran here, uh, coming off a little bit of a layoff. Chaz Skelly, awesome wrestler, very awkward style. Uh, Gets caught in a choke. And by Bobby Moffat, who, you know, we've seen him strangle plenty of people. We know he's good at it. We know he's good at getting these, getting these darts chokes. That's, that's like his thing that he likes to go for. Everybody has their thing. That's his. He likes to darts fuck out of people. So he has it locked up. Referee Tim Mills grabs Chaz Skelly's arm, which seemed to be a little bit limp. And he thought he went out and he broke it up. And Chaz Skelly just wakes up and says, what's going on? I, you know, or, or doesn't wake up, but he seemed to be awake the entire time. Uh, I, I kind of have mixed feelings about this. I don't think it's as drastic as the Michael Chiesa uh, situation with Mario Yamasaki, but uh, let's start with you, Jeff. What, what were your thoughts on the finish here or the alleged finish? Oh, man, dude, I wasn't happy with it. It looked to me like Skelly was still, you know, he still had his wits about him. His legs were moving away from the Dars choke, or dork, as Snoop Dogg would pronounce it. Um, but, dude, you know, I think the ref messed up on this one, man. It looked like Skelly was okay, at least to me. I could see his feet moving. He was trying to get out of the choke. And, you know, once the ref, you know, in the replay, I saw that the ref grabbed at Skelly's uh, bicep. And then it looked like Skelly tapped to me. So then I was like... Okay, maybe there was a tap there. So, dude, I honestly, I don't know, man. I got mixed feelings about this one. 
Yeah, well, there wasn't a tap because they they did go to the instant replay. I think it was just the ref thought. And Chaz Skelly's defense was, well, I relaxed my arm, and that's how I was defending the choke. And when he said that, I was kind of like, dude, maybe you shouldn't have said anything. It would have looked better if you didn't because you can't just let your arm go limp. That's no kind of that's no kind of defense. You're not, trying, not defense, yeah. you're not trying to protect yourself. Like, oh, I just went limp, so it wouldn't so it wouldn't choke me as bad. Uh, there was still plenty of time left in the fight. I think if Moffitt was would have been able to hook the far leg, which is how you finish that Darce choke, uh, he probably would have put Chaz Skelly out. And there is a small possibility that he had a, a quick brown out. You know, anybody who's grappled before has been choked out where, you know, you, you just kind of like everything goes black for a quick second and you're like, well, what the fuck happened? You know, you don't go all the way out. We call it a brown out. And it's just kind of like, you know, it's like you fell asleep on the couch for a quick second. You wake up and, you know, your, your pants are off for some reason. And there's the, the floor is wet. But that's neither here nor there. Blake, what were, <laughs> what were your thoughts? I don't know what the fuck you're doing, Bill. But anyways, bro, like, listen. <laughs> um, yeah, there's such a thing as, like, possum guard. And that shit ain't it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that ain't part of that. That ain't part of the defense. I'm, I'm here to tell you. Like I train striking more than I do grappling, but I know that shit ain't right. But like I don't, I don't, I don't fucking know what he was thinking as far as the arm goes. Like my whole thing was arm went limp, yeah for sure. But as soon as you let that go, and he's like, "What the fuck is up?" Like it's like, okay, are you going at this point? My thing is, are you going with the arm, or are you going to believe like the rest of the body, right? Like which which one are you going with? And that ref kept Bob Mills was like, "Yo, the arm this, the arm this, the arm this." And I, I remember the other dude pulled him to the side as he was telling him, like, yo, the arm. And, the, and he's like, he took out the headphones. And there was a moment where it was like another commissioner person and him having this conversation. And the other dude was letting him know, like, hey, yeah, right. You, I, I'm with you on the arm. But also, look like look how conscious this dude is, like, this whole time. Like, it, it was not a second delay. There wasn't like a, you know, usually there's a delay. And then you'd be like, ah, yeah, like, okay, he was kind of out. But, like. There was nothing like it was boom, boom. Like it was action, reaction. And so, man, I don't know. Like, I guess if you're the ref and, and I guess if you want to take the stance that the arm went limp, okay. And that's what you're basing this off of. Okay. But also there's a, there's still a fair deal of controversy with like the rest of the body was okay, bro. Like yeah. I, I can completely understand like Chad Skelly and I could, I'm so happy they did this too. Like to yeah. be quite honest, like implementing like this rule, and to, to have this rule set and for you to take full advantage of it, even if it didn't do anything, right? Like even if it didn't change anything at the end of the day, mm -hmm. the fact that we're now familiarizing, everybody's getting familiar. Like, oh shit, we do have some replay shit we can do yeah. just in case things get kind of shaky. I think that for me, that's the silver lining out of all of this. Like us having a better understanding of the rules uh -huh. and having a better understanding of like when to be, when, when they can be applied. And it makes all of us a lot more smarter because everybody's now paying attention to this one moment, even if you don't train. Yeah. It's, it's good to see a commission actually adopt the unified rules that are nowhere near unified. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, game time decision by Tim Mills. And then he went back and looked at it and, you know, he didn't rob Bobby Moffat of the victory. Uh, I think, you know, if he lets it go on, Chaz Skelly's going out. I didn't see him getting out of that choke. Uh, I saw eventually Moffat was going to be able to hook that far leg. And, he, you know, he may have that type of squeeze that he doesn't need to hook the leg to put a guy out. Uh, you know, we've seen that plenty of times in the past before, and some of us had felt it, and it doesn't feel good. Feel good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let's move on. I want to uh, cover two finishes simultaneously so i'll get your opinions on these two fights at the same time so davy hamos uh, puts john gunther in a really nasty uh rear naked choke uh john gunther just looked totally outclassed here uh, this was i think a coming out party for davy hamos and then Devonte smith oh i God. have a front seat on this fucking hype train i'll tell you that much uh with a nasty knockout of juliana rosa and uh before the knockout looked phenomenal great footwork great movement and just fights with a confidence where you can tell this guy is going to be successful so blake i'll start with you give me your thoughts on uh the choke by hamos and the knockout by smith uh yeah uh davi hamos i i loved him today yeah completely 
don't fuck with this guy as far as grappling. Don't let him touch you. Don't let him be anywhere near you. Don't let him just keep him away from from from, from you, and you'll be okay, or you won't. I don't know. Uh, I think that kid's great. Uh, also, uh, can I sit right next to you on this hype train? Can you make some space for me? Because I want to sit next. I want to sit next to my friend while we ride this shit to the. I don't know where the hell it's going, but I want to ride with, with you. Um, yeah, dude, this kid's fucking great. And I'm a Julian Arosa fan. Like, I like Julian's footwork. I like how he's adapted that that switch stance footwork of, like, it's very TJ uh, Dom Cruz-esque. The only bad thing is he has – he does not move his head in the right place. And his shot selection, when he switches stances, is not always the best. And he ends up getting caught a lot. And this is one of those times where he switched stance – Went for a kick. His head was still fucking there. He get gets fucking cracked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and 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 that kid uh, was like Smith, just like calling out like Ross Pearson at the end of that. Bravo, sir. Bravo. Cool. Like, way to go. Yeah, I'm I'm with you all the way. All right, so Jeff, I think uh, Blake and I are sitting in the bar car on the hype <laughs> train. <here. laughs> That's a thing now. Uh, we made so, are, are you on board? You, you getting a ticket, Jeff? And uh, what do you think about this performance as well? Yeah, dude, you guys got a stowaway on this hype train, dude, because Devontae Smith hit such a nice one-two on Julian Arosa. The first one didn't do much, but that um, right cross just. He went out like a fucking lawn chair, dude. Um, and, you know, Arosa, you know, he's a good fighter, but Devontae Smith just had too much for him, man. And I love the call out of Ross Pearson. I'm a huge Ross Pearson fan. Um, I love these these uh, brawler guys. And, dude, let's make it happen, man. Smith versus Ross Pearson. It's, I feel like it's a brawler versus um, boxer style. I love the matchup. And as for Dami Hamos versus John Gunther, Dude, John Gunther trains with llamas, but yesterday he got fed to a fucking chupacabra, dude. Ramos, oh my god, he I think he threw a fake right hand and was like, you know what, screw this punching game, I'm just gonna put you on the floor. And dude, John Gunther, he usually looks confused to me, but he looked like he had no business being in there with Ramos. I don't know who made this matchup, but John Gunther pissed somebody off at UFC HQ. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, I, I don't know why this fight was put together. It seemed to be like a total mismatch. But uh, back to the llama farm for John Gunther. Uh, you know, maybe he'd get on the Devontae Smith train with us. And we'll have a, we'll have a couple of beers. Uh, <laughs> uh, for, the, for the sake of time, I'm going to skip uh, everything else on this card that we didn't talk about, unless there's something really burning that either one of you wants to talk about. No? All right, good. Uh, and I want to really quickly take a look at fight night 140 uh i'm just gonna kind of breeze over this card you guys tell me if anything jumps out to you so uh buenos aires argentina santiago ponzanibio taking on neil magny in the main event i fucking love this fight i, I think this is going to be a really interesting one darren elkins and ricardo lamas uh khalil roundtree and johnny walker uh, one of my favorite drinks um we got uh <laughs> marlon Chito Vera on here. He's always fun to watch. Uh, Cynthia Calvillo uh, poking around in here on this card. And, um, you know, if there's anything I missed, uh, just give me an overall, like, what are you looking forward to the most? I'll start with you, Jeff. Dude, I'm looking forward the most to both the main and co-main events, dude. Santiago Ponzinibbio, such a tough dude. And, Bill, you know I'm Hispanic, so I always got to root for the Hispanic guy. Um but, uh, you know, I'm genuinely a fan of Ponzinibbio, uh, super tough dude. He's been tearing through this uh, welterweight division, and New Magni is no um, no easy task. Super, super lengthy for this division. Um, so I wanna, I'm want to. i interested to see how Ponzinibbio is going to get inside that reach, and I want to see if he's going to incorporate a little bit more grappling. You know, we know that he's a really good striker, so this matchup is really, really interesting to me. And as for Darren Elkins versus Ricardo Lamas, Elkins, they call him the damage because that's all he absorbs. And Lamas, super technical man, super well-rounded, but you can never count out Darren Elkins, man. Um, so, Blake, what do you think about this card, man? What's sticking out to you? I mean, uh, like this Khalil Roundtree, that Khalil Roundtree, man, he's always – he's he's one of those, fuck, those fuckers you got to watch, man. Like, you don't – I didn't expect much out of him back in the day, like when he fought uh, my buddy Daniel Jolly – I think it was like last February or whatever. Like, I just, you know, I was one of those guys I've just never expected much. And as he's kind of 
kind of coming to his own, so to speak, or I mean, knocking out what's his name? My 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 kickboxing dude. Uh, can't even think of his fucking name. Uh, but yeah, like this. Go this Saki. Gokan Saki, my man Gokan Saki, dude. Doing that, even though he, you know he's just one of these guys. Like it's gonna be fun to watch. Like he's either gonna win or lose, die by the sword, live by the sword type thing. That one and and Santiago Pazanibia. I love Santiago's boxing. Like that's yep. that is just uh, hands 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 and, and feet above a lot of people in that division. And Neil Magny is one of those guys who doesn't use his range and he's gonna get pieced up. I think so. But those two fights for sure. I'm, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, uh, Khalil Roundtree, I think a lot of people didn't expect a lot of, out of him at first, and that's why he kind of fights with a chip on his shoulder. Even after yeah. he out Gokan Saki, he was like, yeah, who? Like, he looked like he wanted to fight the whole crowd, <laughs> and whoever was interviewing him, and the broadcasters, and the guy selling popcorn, he's like, fuck everybody. Y'all can all get it, yeah. yeah. It, he didn't even win me over from his performance. He kind of won me over at that moment, where he's like, I just knocked out one of the greatest strikers on planet Earth, and also fuck everybody. <laughs> anybody there right now i want to fight everybody uh so that that was kind of cool and, and awkward at the same time which I, I always appreciate all right uh before we get into some non-mma stuff i want to briefly talk about bellator 209 that's coming up on november 15th which is a thursday for some reason and it's going to be in tel aviv israel it's headlined by Patricky Pitbull and Emmanuel Sanchez. Uh, there's some interesting fights on here. Uh, Ryan Couture is fighting uh, Phil Davis and Vadim Nemkov. That should be a good fight. Uh, but I bring this card up because, uh, Jeff, your current jiu-jitsu professor and my former jiu-jitsu professor, uh, Sadeko Hanario, is fighting on the undercard. And uh, this, this guy is such a beast. Uh, he got his black belt in Brazil and... He just fights like such a savage. He loves to stand and strike, even though he's one of the slickest people on the ground I've ever trained with. Uh, you know, flyweight, bantamweight, he'll fight anywhere, but the guy can't get any fights because uh, nobody wants to get in there with him because it before the UFC made the announcement that they're going to cut the flyweight division, there's just such slim pickings out there at this weight class and everybody wants to get into the UFC and they don't want to risk losing a fight. So he couldn't get one, but, uh, you know, finally featured on a, a Bellator car. He's, he's making his return to Bellator. So of course, Jeff, uh, I'll start with you on this one. And then Blake, I'll see if you have any opinion on, on, uh, just the rest of the card or any other fights I mentioned. So go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, dude. So his name is Sidamar Anario. We call him Sadeko. And dude, this is a tough bastard, man. I've trained with him. Um, he's super, super nice. Um, you know, always is, is looking out for people. But once that cage door closes, man, he's a different animal. I've seen him break a guy's arm uh, with, a, with a fucking kick. That he tried, that the other guy tried to block, and you know I've trained, I've rolled with a Sedeco, uh, and you know he is a flyweight. Uh, he's fighting at bantamweight, but dude, when he's on top of you, he feels like he's 250 pounds, bro. Um, he just puts so much pressure. He uses his weight really well, and you just feel like you're fighting a bigger guy, man. Um, so super happy for Sedeco. He's getting a really big break here. Um, he's on the early prelims. I really wish him the best. I think he's going to do well, Bill, because um, he's he's a range fighter, um, a really good grappler. I think he's a brown belt in uh, judo at this point as well. But he can fight from distance too. I held pads for him one time, and Bill. After that, I asked him to never ask me to hold pads for him again. <laughs> Smart move. Smart move. Yeah, he, he's he's a really tough dude. I mean, I, I've been grappling a long time, and you, you know, to roll with a guy uh, his size is really demoralizing uh, <laughs> because he just does whatever he wants. All right, so Blake, um, anything? Uh, on the on the main card for Bellator, peaking your interest, you're gonna tune in on a Thursday. I'm gonna tune in. I'm gonna probably tune in. Uh, I don't. I don't. I, you know, I got work from home the next day, so I can kind of fuck around and wake up whenever the fuck I want to. But like, it. I don't know. I was just listening to your guy. Like, nothing excites me. I'm gonna watch it. I'm not usually excited until the fights are on. But hey, I'm trying to. I'm trying to find out about your guy. Right? I was just sitting here like trying to write some notes about this dude, like trying to figure him out. So I hope your boy wins, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. We hope he does too. Uh, I can guarantee he'll put on a fun fight. Uh, I, I don't think he's had a boring one. He's just, he's just one of those kind of guys. All right. So <clears throat> let's talk. Uh, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but let's talk a little bit about 
the uh, World Bare Knuckle Boxing Federation of Fighting. Fe- I don't know. There's like 12 <laughs> letters in the acronym. Um, so the way I thought about this is they brought out like guys that should really be retired. Uh, I think I would be more into this maybe if it were like younger guys you're putting in there, but you're putting guys with a lot of scar tissue, with a lot of brain damage, and you're letting them fight bare knuckle. It seems a little bit like like the fight fan in me loves it, and then the the part of me that's like, oh, this is not healthy. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to be a fan of this or not, especially the way uh, some of the fights ended. Uh, so, Blake, I know you had a, a vested interest in this card that took place on Friday night, uh, which was headlined by Chris Lieben and Phil Baroni, uh, two of the toughest assholes walking the face of the earth, uh, bar none. Uh, so just just give me a, a, an overall uh, what was your vested interest in this, Blake, and, and what are your thoughts on the bare knuckle boxing stuff? Yeah, of course. So my vested interest was uh, they have they thrown together a lightweight tournament, um, and it had eight guys in there. Melvin Gillard was supposed to be in there, and Isaac Valified was supposed to be in there. Melvin Gillard, obviously, whatever you got the fight and you know, outside of the cage, I'm talking about, and whatever charges he's facing. Val- Valley Flag apparently. Uh, got caught with a robbery charge and had meth in his car. So then he didn't have time to train properly. Then he did he wasn't going to make weight. So that's why he fought on this card at 175. The only reason I know all these things is because I was uh, asked by my boy, Nick, the ghost Gonzalez, who fought on the card uh, to look up and start to scout all these fighters and break them down. So I had broken down Melvin. I had broken down Isaac Valley flag, Jay Cuccinello, somebody who lost on the card. I knew he was going to lose. He's not a fucking boxer. Um, there, there was another fight that didn't happen uh, between Mike Ronzoulis and can't think of the other motherfucker uh, who it was, um, but that fight didn't didn't happen. And so the the two fights from that happened in the light lightweight tournament were uh, Leon Meinhardt and Nick versus Nick and Robert Peralta versus Jay Robert Peralta ex UFC guy, but mainly a boxer, and he pieced up Jay Cuccinello. Uh, Leon. Uh, great guy out of uh, South Africa. Um, he might he might actually win this. He's 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 he didn't he had better hands than I thought he did. Um, he got the better of Nick in, in two rounds. Uh, Nick I thought was going to take it. He's a former boxer, uh, but you know what, man? Uh, breaking down all those all those guys apart like it it was it was interesting to tune into. I'd never seen anything kind of like it. It was it was nice to see names you're familiar with like uh, Josh Near. Uh, of course, like, you know, he's a striker. He's a, he's a hands type of guy. So this kind of fit in. And, and I, I like your description of this. Like, uh, I'm going to be a little less harsh with it. It is a lot of guys who they're, they're a bit vetted in just MMA mm-hmm. kind of in general. And it, this is kind of their last opportunity, I think, to, okay, well, you can't kick anymore. Hey, you probably shouldn't wrestle anymore. You probably shouldn't do jiu-jitsu anymore. Mm-hmm. Hey, you still got hands, though. You still got some power. You got maybe yeah. some footwork left in you. Let's let's put this together and let's see if you can make a run for it. At least that's the impression that I got out of a lot of the lightweight tournament, but all those eight guys, when I sized them up and kind of looked at the records. Yeah. And I think that's the same way for a lot of these guys, right? Like they're like, well, you can't do this and you can't do this. And you're a little bit older, but like what you can do is you still got some fight in you. And this might be the right opportunity and the right alley for that performance to be driven through. So that's, I think that's uh, to look at it that way, at least from my perspective, it's, it's very, it's kind of cool to give these guys opportunity to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, Julian Lane, fucking, uh, that kid was on the card. That's the, um, let me bang, bro, for anybody who doesn't know yeah. from Ultimate <laughs> Fighter. <laughs> he, he kind of, he really impressed me. His, his shit went, went five rounds. Dakota Cochran coming in last minute, knocking out Johnny Hendricks. Hey, bro, Johnny, maybe don't fight no more, bro. Uh, Chris Levin, Phil Baroni. If for nobody that saw this fight, basically Phil thought it was maybe an MMA fight, trying to take him down all the time. Yeah. And then guy, Good dude, right in the face with a hook, like it was yeah. crazy. So I thought it was a bit staged, but anyways, that's just my thoughts. Yeah, it was it it was weird. It was real. It was weird. so weird. Phil Phil Baroni's been doing a lot of pro wrestling and stuff lately. I uh, you know don't get me wrong, one of the all time baddest motherfuckers. I mean, this guy. Uh, he went over, he fought in Asia, he fought in fucking Sanchow, he fought in fucking Pride. He fought He's got in- hands, like he just didn't use them. Everywhere, never back down from a fight, you know. Um, 
And Chris Lieben, same thing. He, he would fight anybody, anywhere, anytime. And for that reason, he's probably very punch drunk. And, uh, you know, if you're thinking about CTE, these are some of the guys that are going to come to mind. Uh, you know, we see the interviews with Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz lately, and it's like, why is anybody letting these guys get hit in the head more? Uh, this seems to be a little bit more tightly regulated here. Um, you know, this is, I just have, I'm a little bit more conservative than a lot of fans. I think just because I've seen this sport come such a long way and I have like a very PR minded perspective where I'm thinking about, you know, what's the average person going to think about this? Is it too savage for the average person? And when I see stuff like the bare knuckle boxing, I'm like, um, you know, maybe this is setting us back a little bit, but I still you know, I still want to watch. Some <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm torn. I'm torn. Like I, I want to be professional about it and I'm concerned about the image of the sport because I love it so much and I want to see it continue to do well. Um, but you know, I also love violence, but, uh, Jeff, did you catch any of the bare knuckle boxing or, or do you have any, uh, an opinion on any of it regardless? Um, I didn't catch any of it, unfortunately. Um, I honestly didn't know too much about it until you guys started talking about it. You know, I heard a mention of it. I heard about Johnny Hendricks being on the card, so I kind of wanted to see him. But, dude, I mean, it sounds really interesting. I liked uh, Blake's breakdown of it. So I think I'm going to probably check out the next one. But I don't know if Johnny Hendricks should be fighting anymore. I think you should stick to trying to open up a barbecue restaurant and you know, <laughs> the profits. Yeah, and, and for those who who didn't catch it. Uh, Johnny Hendricks got knocked out uh, pretty brutally in the second round by a guy named Dakota Cochran and who is a, uh, a last minute guy. Yeah. Last minute replacement too. And Johnny Hendricks just looked like he looked like that guy who's, who's been like selling tickets at the, at the bus depot or something for 35 years. And he just like shows up to work like, uh, I guess I'm here, but his work is getting punched in the face without gloves on. (laughs) You can't be sick of your job when your job is getting punched in the face. Like you gotta, (laughs) you gotta be a little bit more invested. Um, That was, it was kind of, it was sad to see, especially from a guy like Johnny Hendricks, who's a fucking legend of amateur wrestling, you know, former UFC champion. And to see him like still have to go through stuff like this is, uh, uh, any case, um, so if you uh, if you are only here for MMA talk, you could probably tune out now because I want to. <laughs> for those of you who don't know Blake, if you haven't been exposed to him. Um, he so Blake has a very well established MMA podcast, Lord Joe's podcast. We we mentioned that earlier in the show, and he took a long break from it. Uh, you know, he was going through some. Some personal stuff. Well, I went. I went through a breakup. I mean, yeah, it's. it's yeah. I went through a breakup, and and it, it's very emotionally draining just to fill in that gap. So, and, and now you're kind of you're kind of I don't want to say turning the tide uh, on your podcasting priorities, but I know you are focusing some of your uh, internet media and in talking about your experiences with online dating and things like that. So I I don't want to. Obviously, I want people to tune into your show for this, but right. maybe you can give us like a little taste here on the internet. <laughs> so this is so crazy. Obviously, so I um, so in the midst of 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 you know going single, like you you try to rebuild yourself. So I, I hit the gym. You know, I've been doing you know working out and shit like that. And and once I felt confident with myself, as soon as I want to go back out and like go see what's out there, you know what I mean? Let's go find some companionship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, I was like, what the, f-? well, obviously like I, I meet, you can meet people at work or you can meet people when you're out at the bars and the club. I'm not a big club guy anymore. Like I realized that I tried to do that. Like I went to the clubs with my friends and they know the bartenders it's, it's, it's great and all, but like, I'm like, I don't like, I don't like this many people. Like, yeah. I, oh no, like <laughs> I'm, I, this is not me anymore. But it's so it, Austin, the cool thing with Austin is though, there's so many nightlife scenes. There's the club scene. There's the more higher end on West Six, there's the more like hipster kind of chill, chill place that has like the live music on on East Six. You got kind of like Rainy Street, which is kind of like a mix of everybody. Uh, so there's different venues and different places you can go if that's what you're, you're into. So obviously I was like, all right, whatever. I had a friend of mine. I went out one night, I get some drinks. Let me set up the story of how I got onto Tinder real quick. Went out a little, little, little classy jazz bar. And we're sitting there and he's, he's on Tinder and he's like, I don't know what to say to this girl. And I'm like, say this. 
And it, you know, she replies back and he's like, well, what else do I say? And I'm like, well, say this, say this, say this. Until finally he ended up getting like her phone number. He's like, dude, you got to have your own Tinder, bro. You could be doing this. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm like four old fashions in. let's do it. You know what I mean? So I download, I downloaded it and got my shit set up and I start to swipe it and shit like that. And I ended up getting a match like a weekend. Okay, this is great, fantastic. We're like a fucking asshole. Like, you know, I'm like, hey, how are you doing? Like, what's going on? Like, and then like I got unmatched, and I'm like, well, this is fucking like ow, it hurt to my ego, right? Like, <laughs> ow, that kind of hurts. But like then I was like, well, wait, 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 wait. Let me rewind this. This is like if I treat this like combat, right? If I treat this like a fight, am I putting my best foot forward? <laughs> right. I, I'm a little worried about where this analogy is going. <laughs> Are you meeting broads on the internet? now. Our first date's going to be in the octagon at the UFC gym. Uh, <laughs> prepare yourself. Um, but no, no, no. So I wanted to treat it with that same mindset, right? Like there, I, I need to be prepared. I need to put my best foot forward. Otherwise, I'm just being a fucking, I'm wasting everybody's fucking time. I'm wasting my own time. So I went online, I went on YouTube, and I looked up like all these videos on like Tinder has an algorithm. Tinder, there's there's preferential treatment to how your profile pic is, how your bio is, uh, what you need to say in the first message and shit like that. And I was like, dude, like the fact that like there's all this, and if I take time to study this, like my Tinder profile is going to be legit. Your boy's going to get some some dates, you know what I mean, with some lovely ladies. Um and you know you won't have to pay the ladies of the night if you know what I mean. So, <laughs> what, what, <laughs> so <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um, so I, what I did was I just watched all these videos. I, I I put my Tinder, I made my Tinder profile, made it way better, and I started that process like back in like October. I didn't like log on for quite a long time. I was like, this is the stupidest shit ever. I feel dirty every time I swipe on here. And this is, this can't be a thing, but this is a, this is like dating in the 21st century now. And so as soon as I, I applied all that, like shit started happening. I start going on dates. Like every time I like reach out, if I want a phone number, I'll get a phone. Like now having this approach and having this mindset and I tell my friends about it and they're like, Hey bro, can you make my Tinder profile better? And da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, sure, man. Like I'm not a fucking dating coach, but also I put time and effort into doing this. And I don't feel like a lot of guys do. So it's one of those, I have this now interesting aspect of balancing being a podcast host, that life, you know, working out, uh, training, uh, uh, work, uh, having to balance the podcast, having to keep up with MMA. When do I do that with fitting it in to kind of having like dating now and, and, and doing it this way, which is, I don't know, like, and not everybody can have this. Like you obviously, you know, you've got your own family and there's a lot of podcasts, I think uh, friends of mine who have their own family, but there's a lot of people who don't it's not a glamorous lifestyle it's actually really comedic though there's a lot of humor that goes along with it and right. that's a new series that I, I kind of started on um on the podcast uh, it along you know so there's the mma episodes where i'll talk mma whatever but there's also this series that i want to like bring people and invite them into my life and let them know like how i'm doing and how fun it is and funny it is and like you can live vicariously through me if you if you have a wife and if you have kids and if you're living that whole life just live vicariously through me just listen to my stories. I promise you, I won't let you down. I, I, I definitely intend to. So just to be clear, this is going to be part of the loaded Joe's MMA podcast. There's not going to be a separate show that you're making for this, or is that maybe a possibility down the line or, but, but for now it's one entity where you go for all of the above and you'll be able to tell in the show description, whether it's going to be, you know, MMA or like, Right. So on the title, obviously, it's so far it's the non-MMA MMA episode. Um, there's probably a better name I can come up with, and I probably will. Um, but it'll be it'll be yeah, still same still the same channel. If you're a subscriber on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you tune into us, um, that those episodes will be loaded on there. Maybe one day, like maybe if this is a thing and people like it, like I'll have a separate podcast for it. I just want to see how it goes. And I know pe a lot of people reach out to me. Um, even like Jeff back in June, which I very much appreciated. Like people just wanted to check on him. And, thank you, sir. People just wanted to check in on me and see how I'm doing. And I, I, you know, I'm so busy in my life. Like, like there's shit that, that's constantly going on and going on. And I'm happy I reached out to you, take some time, you know, and I'm happy when you reach out Bill and text me and shit like that. Like it just happens to work. But like, 
I want to bring people into my life and I want to let them know like what's going on and like the craziness that's involved, but, like the fun that's involved and like my, my mindset and how I'm feeling way healthier than I was back in February, like just yeah. positiveness, but like funniness, but like, and, and everything that goes along with it, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I'm going to see how it goes. We need, we need a lot more of that. You've <laughs> always definitely been a, a really positive force in this podcasting community. And I know uh, I can speak for myself and a lot of other people. We we definitely all appreciate you know the way you brought people together and everything like that. And I know everybody was sad when you were on your hiatus, but we're all glad to have you back. Um, I wanted to get into some some brew talk and everything like that, but unfortunately, I'm short on time, so this is my bad. So we're just gonna have to make this an excuse to do this again in the very near future. Um, uh, maybe Jeff will be a guest on your Tinder podcast. I know, <laughs> I know he's got some stories. So, uh, I'll, um, I want you to let people know where they can find that, where they can find you on social media, Blake, but first I'll defer to Jeff, Jeff, any closing thoughts, anything you want to let the people know, any thoughts on, uh, on Blake's, uh, uh, tendering. Yeah, dude. I mean, listen, between teaching kids that don't know anything, you know, I say that jokingly, but between teaching these kids and strangling people on the mats, I don't have time to date, dude. So I'm definitely going to be tuning in to the um, to that portion of your podcast about the dating life. I love it. I think that's a really, really fun gimmick to do. Um, and yeah, um, you know, I'm glad I reached out to you, Blake. You know, um, you know, we're so busy, but I try to make time for my friends and everything. And you've been such a big help, not just um, with helping us build our podcast, but dude, just you're being you're a positive pillar in the MMA podcast community, man. We got to stick thank together. Um, so Blake, thank you. You know, I'm, I'm glad I was able to to reach out to you and and help you when you were uh, having a tough time because I know Bill's uh, been there for me uh, around this time last year. I was going through some stuff, and you know, Bill, my I call my uh, my brother, uh, he definitely helped me through that. So, um, you know, thank you, Blake, for everything. And thank you for being on the show, dude. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. So if you want to get a hold of Jeff, it's at animal underscore Wilson on Twitter. And uh, Blake, we know how to get a hold of you, but let all the beautiful people out there know where they can find you. <laughs> on the social media. Yeah, go ahead and follow the show. iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere where you listen to podcasts, the Loaded Joe's MMA podcast, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Also, you can find me, Money Blakeweather. Type that in on Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and then you can find me on Tinder, ladies. So don't forget that. <laughs> if if you meet the algorithm requirements that are <laughs> by the people of Tinder, uh, we are in no way affiliated with tinder on this show but uh you know hey get out there and do your thing people all right we're gonna have to call it for this week uh but we'll do this again real soon so go check out blake's show talk to us on social media let us know what you're thinking and drinking out there and until next time cheers everybody goodbye <laughs>